It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Text 0457 736 736 or tweet at Global Game SEN to get involved with the show. You're listening to The Global Game with Simon Hill and Alex Brosk on SEN. So let's get into some of the big talking points of the weekend. And surely the game that made the most headlines was the one at Allianz Stadium between Sydney FC and Wellington Phoenix. A rather chaotic last 20 minutes saw two Phoenix players sent off and Sydney awarded two injury time penalties, neither of which, of course, were converted. Uh, Joining us now to give the Kiwi view and look at the Phoenix more generally is former All-Whites keeper Jacob Spoonley, who's uh, now also an analyst with Sky Sports in New Zealand. Evening, Jacob. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Lovely to be on, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Great to hear your voice. Uh, Broski's here as well. Um, let, let's just kick off with uh, one of your quotes on Twitter on Saturday that I, I managed to see. <laughs> and I quote, the entertainment value should not veil the poor officiating. Now, now you've had a couple of days to calm down. <laughs> Are you still of that view today? I am. I am, Simon. And uh, I think just to explain things at the time, um, I was basically shaking um, with what I was seeing on the TV screen uh, on the side of the Tasman. Um, And I I do stand by that statement. Um, There are a number of big decisions that happened over the course of the 90 minutes. And to my mind, there were five big match-changing decisions that were made by Sean Evans and his team. And having discussed it with a number of people that I trust on the side of the Tasman, including some of those that were actually involved in the match, um, I think three, if not four, of those decisions didn't come up to the standard that we expect of an A-League um, officiating team. So I'm happy to go through those with you, um, but I, I do um, feel comfortable um, still making that statement a couple of days on. And I will like to say, um, I thought, Broski, you were great um, over the course of um, the weekend um, in terms of guiding us through that. And I thought Simon and Jura just did a fantastic job of what I can only imagine would have been a very stressful situation. <laughs> it was very, very stressful, I can tell you. I mean, we just didn't know what, what the heck was, was going to happen next. Um, so so quickly, tell us the one that you think they got right, because mm. that's probably easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, and um, this is me, everyone's probably going to um, uh, accuse me of bias, but I actually think they got the offside for the Ryan Crown goal right, and there's fractions in that, but um, we've been able to be pretty precise with what we can do with offside goals now. Mm. Uh, and I think as well, um, the other one that um, you can say, yes, no problems with that decision, but it was the context in which the decision was made, was the uh, Kellen Elliott handball, um, arm up, um, hits his hands, yeah. uh, leads to the second penalty, no problems with that whatsoever, but point I would make is that without the first decision, you don't put uh, Kellen in a situation where he gives away a handball. That's right. Now, I have to say, I I was probably of the same opinion as you, and I I still contest uh, two of the decisions. I I think the decision to send off Nick Pennington is, I I think that is really harsh, only to give Max Burgess the yellow and Nick Pennington the red. The Kryev red card, yeah, I can sort of see that. You know, he's he's gone... Mm into the back of him. I think it's harsh still, but I can understand why why they gave that. The Ryan Grant offside, yep, completely 
uh, agree with that. Now, the first penalty is the one I take big issue with. However, I have, of course, now seen in the interim, and I'm sure you might have seen these as well, Jacob, a couple of shots of fans who've, you know, sent in stuff on their phone. And it it does suggest that more, there is a possibility it struck his arm. Now, the issue I've got as, as a broadcaster and as a commentator is that we don't see all those angles. Now, you know, in days gone by, we would obviously have more camera angles to be able to access uh, the different uh, views of, of such an incident. But, you know, in, in such straitened times as we are financially as a league, we don't have what is known in the trade, and I'm sure you know this, Jacob, as the high behind camera, which would have probably given us the definitive view. And this is my problem with VAR. I've got no issue with Sean Evans making that decision. If that's what he saw, mm. and, and he may, you know, again, on the evidence of, of the uh, grainy mobile phone footage I've seen, he may well be right. But if you're going to have VAR and, you know, say to the supporters both at home and the stadium, look, we, we are reviewing all the angles to make sure that we get these things right. We're not seeing those on the coverage. And I'm not sure 100% that the VAR are seeing all those angles either. So this is my problem with VAR, and it's always been my problem with it, um, and why I would personally get rid of it and go back to ref's call. And then, okay, if Sean Evans makes that call, you either agree or you disagree, we can argue about it, and then we move on. But once you add VAR to the equation, then you've got an additional issue in that the fans assume that you're going to get 99% of the decisions correct. And I'm still not 100% convinced that they got that right. Well, it does any of that sort of resonate with you as well, Jake? It, it does, and if we can pack the Nick Pennington um, situation uh, for one minute, and we'll, if we can come back to that, I'd really appreciate that because mm. I do want to explain myself in relation to the initial statement. But if we return to the penalty, and you're right, um, is it Nathan McGill, who's the head of the referees um, for Football Australia, That's has correct. come out today? And I want to absolutely commend him. Um, he's uh, front-footed this. He's come out and made himself um, accountable and transparent, and he's provided comment. And I think that should be congratulated, because I, I honestly and genuinely do believe we need to hear more from the referees. Yeah. And we do need to hear more from the referees, exactly to your point, Simon. I, I am a strong believer in what rugby's done, which is when there is something that's being reviewed and where it is contentious, as broadcasters, we should step aside and allow the referees to take over. A hundred percent. They should take over. They should take over um, the PA system at the ground, so everyone on the ground can hear what's going on. And they should also take over the broadcast. And I think it's important for a couple of reasons, but namely, we should hear the process that is being undertaken in order to make the decision, what has been given weight, and importantly, what the referee is in real time, and then what he wants to see to support his decision. Mm -hmm. And Sean Evans, to your point, um, living out um, this uh, and what we saw on the weekend, um, Tim Payne has misjudged the ball into the box and he's actually raised his arm. And I think if you get someone aside and, and get them to speak to you, honestly, I actually think Sean Evans possibly makes the call off Tim Payne's skyward arm because it goes very close to the ball. Mm. Um, I still haven't seen conclusive evidence to say that he touched the ball. And today with the um, discussion that we had with the, Mr. McGill, he seemed to indicate that it's not off that initial um, potential contact. It's actually off the Sydney player who hits the ball back into Tim when he's facing the wrong way and apparently comes off his left arm. I still haven't seen conclusive evidence. And if there is footage, 
that the VAR has access to, then not only should we be able to see that as part of the broadcast, but we should be able to see them reviewing that in real time and what they're looking Absolutely. at. Because that will explain the decision. And to your point, I don't even think VAR is going to make everything perfect. But if we can understand the process, that yep. takes us a long way to getting more comfortable with this technology. And, you know, to be fair to the uh, to the Refs Association and to the APL, they want that. Mm. They want to yes. be able to broadcast the audio and to go over to the VAR and have them explain it. But IFAB and FIFA will not let them. They keep saying no. So it's it's a big problem, I think, for our game. Anyway, Broski, go on. No, you're, look, it is because you do see it in other sports around the world, in NFL, NBA, even NRL here, and, and we do see how at least, whether you agree with it or not, like you, like you both said, at least we see how they came to that decision. Yep. We see all the cameras available. Anyway, we have been arguing about that for a, for a little while. In, in terms of the win itself, would that rank as one of the best wins in, in Wellington's history, do you think? <laughs> I think we're very privileged to have one of uh, the Wellington Phoenix's custodians uh, in the box with Simon, <laughs> um, and he definitely ranked it up there as one of the best wins um, up alongside any playoff fixture that the Wellington Phoenix have been able to achieve. And I think when you put it in the context of surviving two penalties at the end of the match, match Broski, and then overcoming um, the deficit that they had in terms of um, the players on the field, and then you put it in um, the cauldron that is the Sydney football ground. And I think you can say rightly that it potentially isn't the strongest Sydney team that we've seen in recent years, um, but it still holds the the mana, uh, I think is the word that we use over here to describe um, going into those sorts of um, football cathedrals. And for the Phoenix to come away with a 1-0 victory uh, in all of that context, and then also... Um, that being their first clean sheet of the season, um, I, I think that is a wonderful victory for them. And mm. it will hopefully be the catalyst um, for the Phoenix to start to realise the promise that they have shown throughout the early course of the season, uh, which has been hamstrung by a couple of stumbles along the way. Um, generally, of course, the, the, the Knicks go a little bit under the radar here in Australia. They're sat in seventh. And they've got Brisbane away this weekend, who are in pretty good form at the moment. Uh, what does Ufuk Tale, who I think does a terrific job as, as the head coach of Wellington Phoenix with, you know, not the resources perhaps that some of the other clubs have, um, what does he need to, to get them challenging in the finals? Because, of course, they've lost Ben Wayne, of course, who's gone over to, to Plymouth. Yeah, I think um, what we've seen from the Phoenix so far this season is a team that... Are you still there, Jacob? We appear to have lost Jacob Spoonley, which is uh, rather unfortunate. Um, we were sort of coming towards the end of that conversation anyway. I'm, I'm sorry we've lost him. I uh, don't quite know what happened there. Technical issue. But, uh, Broski, we'll just round off that conversation. There's a question I was going to ask uh, Jacob, but you, you can give me your opinion on it. Uh, there's been some talk of Auckland being one of the next expansion teams. Do you, do you reckon it could work there? Is that a, Would that be a good thing for the A-League men's competition? And what would a derby do for New Zealand football, do you think? Um, okay, well, I mean, Auckland was where the New Zealand Knights were based um, back in the early days. Look, and, and it didn't work for whatever reason. But I think with Wellington and what they're doing at the moment, a, a derby's always good. You know, a derby, we've seen in Sydney what it did. We've seen in Melbourne what it did. Um, you know, there's talk about potentially Brisbane having a, a derby of their own. 
I think derbies are always great. I think, um, look, if New Zealand is here to stay in terms of having a team in, in, in the A-League, then and we're talking about growing the league, I do think there's a couple of cities within Australia still that I'd like to see have their own team. But I'd love to see a, a New Zealand derby as well added eventually. Yep, it was a brilliant win for Wellington Phoenix. Um, Jay from the Blue Mountains has texted us, uh, hey, gents, having watched plenty of cricket during the summer, they seem to have gotten the video technology perfect. So what if they introduced a captain's challenge system Instead of everything being reviewed, uh, give a team three challenges per game. Which sort of, yeah, it's it's not a new uh, sort of idea. That it's a good one, but I, I don't know whether that would work. Would it? I, uh, look, I think one per game is it's yeah, more than three, enough to be three honest. Three each would just slow the game right down. You know, I, yeah. I don't think we get too much, um, you know, intervening by the VAR at the moment, or the, even the ref going to the side on. If you have a captain's challenge, it, it would it would just be uh, yeah too time consuming. I think. Okay, I'm I'm not necessarily totally against that idea, to be honest. I think at least then you would know definitively if you've had your challenge. Well, you know, tough. It's it's gone. The same as in cricket. Anyway, uh, thanks for that text, Jay. Uh, Mitch, uh, was there any reason there's less cameras at the game? Normally, there's a cameraman behind the goals that could have picked up the first Sydney penalty. Well, look, you know, unfortunately, th- this is where the game is at. Production is hugely expensive, and. Uh, you know, it's it's true that we don't have as many cameras at some of the games that we're used to. Um, there was one image that um, that we've both seen that yep. shows a bit clearer um, the angle. It's where, not behind the goal, but yes. No, it's not behind the goal. You're right. But there, there was another camera. I guess just more to your point, the, the fact that it wasn't shown to us and why not? I mean, that's the, that was the definitive, yeah. um, you know. That's how they made their exactly. decision. I, exactly. I got sent that image, but, uh, you know, I have to say, and obviously I commentated the game, I didn't see that angle, um, and obviously that makes our job tricky as well. And again, this this speaks to my broader point that if you're going to have VAR, okay, no problem, but you've got to have all the angles. Mm. And because we're, we're not in a position maybe to have that at the moment, then to me it becomes counterproductive and increases the angst. But that's only my opinion. Um, we've run out of time with uh, our chat. Thanks to Jacob Spoonley for coming on. I'm sorry he, he got cut short. Um, but I'm sure we'll get him on again before the end of the season to talk about the Phoenix. We're off to uh, another quick break. On the other side of it, we'll review the rest of the Round 11 action with Broski.